You good? I'm good. Comfortable? Yeah. Warm? A little warm in here? Warm. Yeah. I might, I mean, I end up, I might end up taking off my jacket. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's why I crack the windows open so yeah. you a little breeze. Is this a barbershop? Yes, 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 this is a barbershop. Yes, 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 yes. I mean, we can't talk straight in the barbershop. Then where can we talk straight? We can't talk straight nowhere else. You know, this ain't nothing but healthy conversation. Something really important that I would like to draw your attention to, first mm-hmm. of all, is this issue here of confidentiality. Okay. Um, basically, everything that you and I talk about together is just between you and I. I'ma tell you all about it, so join our call. It's second guessing and motivate me to go and ball. Barbershop confidential, it's real and it's raw. You looking for me, you can find me at the barbershop. Welcome back, Barbershop Confidential, the podcast. It's your boy Jonah. Today we have a special guest. A uh, long time person I've known a friend of mine For a long time Gavindi How you doing Gavindi? Good how you doing? Good good It's good to see you So good to see you You're like it's one of those energies long. That I like to be around Likewise you, You've always had like good energy Thank you Likewise. Very like a A nice aura of you It's just like welcoming Thank you And then seeing All the stuff you're doing now Is like makes sense Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Makes so much sense Yeah um, Just a little bit about you Because I know you do Um like a breathing i'm sorry breath work breath work and it's extremely interesting i see it i'm like (laughs) now you know i mean no offense yeah but when i see it sometimes it just reminds me of and i'm not saying it is by no means (laughs) but you ever see like those exaggerated um religion things and they're like they touch their forehead and they're like people are like they fucking like yeah they have like a like a seizure and they're like that's god inside of me yes so when you guys are doing it i was like damn they're breathing tough you know like but it just like reminds me not that that i'm comparing them it's just like like convulsing like you know yeah. Similar to those videos and stuff, yeah. but that's it's more of a breathing exercise, right? I actually like that you brought that question that that topic up because I think a lot of people look at the videos and wonder the same thing. Yeah. Um, because what happens in the breathing technique, so there is an emotional release that occurs, but I am also telling people to shake their body, to scream, to oh. laugh. Okay. And while they're doing that, they're actually having a release that starts to occur where tears do come up. Now, um, and there is like things, it will kind of trigger things to kind of set off. However, that's one portion of the people that do the breath work. One portion will fall asleep sometimes and just have a very relaxed experience. And another portion have these crazy experiences where they're moving their bodies and they're not even aware of what's happening. Sometimes they'll sit up and they're breathing and their hands are like, you know, they get this thing called tetanus. So their hands start to clam up Oh, and their mouth might start to close up. And then that's a very normal thing that a lot of people will experience because it's the way the body wants to hold in the energy mm-hmm. um, because it's familiar with a certain way of living. Just like all of us can fall into that same kind of pattern with relationships even. So for example, if you had an abusive parent as a child, most likely you're going to find abusive relationships afterwards because it's familiar to you that level of communicating that type of love is familiar even though it's toxic toxic, yeah but it's familiar you think that's that's home you think that's similar to like people who had parents who cheated and then they end up cheating yeah yeah that's cool and then you go do it yeah and you go do this is like what but that is so normal in so many aspects of life everything that we do not like it's like a meditation so if i don't like somebody like smacking their lips when they're eating for example (laughs) all of a sudden i'm so focused on it that suddenly i start doing it sometimes you know not not 
for, right, that's right, an right, example. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, there's little things that like, I know I will catch somebody being super negative for me. And I'll give you an actual example. I'll catch people that are super negative and constantly complaining. And then all of a sudden I find myself complaining about those people all the time. And now you're complaining. And now so. I'm the complainer yeah. complaining about another person who's complaining. Yeah. What's the difference? It's kind of like I mean? uh, when people pick up verb, uh, verbal cues from other people. Yeah. Cause you hear so much that you start to like kind of reenact, um, imitate the other person because, you, and you're not even thinking you're doing it. You're just like, your brain's like, we saw this. So let's do that. Right. You like that. So talk like that. Right. And there's different layers to that. I mean, on one hand, we're talking about trauma yeah, no, and, right. and how like we're perpetuating that trauma. And then also on another in another example, it's where it becomes like our um, it's our meditation almost. And what we meditate on, we become more of what we focus on. We attract more of as well. Um, but as far as the trauma goes, it is not only in built in our mind, but it's also in our bodies. And so coming back to the experience where people are having these wild experiences and they're like, <gasps> like, or they're having like, I've had people throw up blood in situations where they were never sick before, but all of a sudden they have this loud, this crazy voice come out of them and they're vomiting blood. Like, it's literally an exorcism in those situations. I don't know how you feel about exorcisms, <laughs> but I'm a true yeah. believer in it based off of what I've experienced at this point. Okay. So it doesn't scare me at this point. I have experience with, I have enough experience with spirits. It doesn't, I know my own power. I know what I'm here to, I, I know that I've been able to work through the darkness and I've, it's interesting as a kid, I would always surround myself around kind of dark people. And I would, I wanted to explore different types of lifestyles and personalities. And it was like, I've hung out with the like hoodest of the hood and the like crackheads and the like, I've, I've gotten to interact with all of them, everything in between as well. I've learned to conquer my fear in all aspects of that. And then now, and if, if we're looking at things that are beyond the physical realm, I know my power in that now as well. So mm. I'm not afraid of any of that stuff now. And, um, but it did take a while. It did take a oh, long time. What, that them throwing up blood. The first time you saw it, was that like, like, Oh shit, what happened? Yeah. There is a part of me that kind of has this like anxiety and is this okay? What's going on? I'm not sure how to handle this. I've had, all kinds of different situations come up. Right. And in those moments, I definitely have my mind that's like trying to process process and put it into a box so I can understand. Then there's this other side of me that just kind of takes over. And I've been told by various clients of mine that when I'm in session with them, I'm not the same Govindi that you see on the streets. Mm. Something else does take over. And I have been, constantly in flow since the last eight years, since I've kind of gone on this surrender experiment with my life, because I'm, I know this is beyond me. I know I feel my spirit is here just as everybody's spirit is here to learn something, to gain something, to heal something. And if I let my mind control that, it limits me from the possibilities and the potential of what my soul can really experience in this life. So every time my mind wants to chime in and say, no, what is this? You got to play it small. You got to cave to the fear. Don't try and dabble with any of whatever that is. You know, it's like if it's lighting me up and if it's 
if it gives me goosebumps and it makes me feel like it, it feels purposeful, I'm going to keep challenging those edges. And what keeps unfolding is just incredible. That's, that's great. You're saying, uh, we call it the surrender experience? Experiment. Experiment. Yeah. What, is it, you're just like, you're just going to let things, like life do what it's going to do and you're not going to have any like pushback or second thoughts on like <clears throat> things that are happening. You're just like, whatever. I'm just, I'm along for the ride on this wave and wherever this wave takes me is where it takes me. Yeah, kind of. It's, I follow the guidance of my body. Mm. So when it lights me up, when I get the goosebumps, when I feel, it's interesting, but I'm describing it almost like a, I feel nauseous almost. Like it's like this feeling right here in the energy center that's called the solar plexus. So it's right below your chest. And I'll feel everything kind of, it's not a tightening or constricting, but it feels like there's like a purging almost that wants to happen. Like I want to throw up. Something like maybe like anxiety. Yeah. It's a different level of anxiety though. That's like more sure. intense. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. yeah. It's not like the vibration of anxiety. Like I feel like anxiety, like maybe my, I'm breathing more in my chest. I, I think I meant more of like the discomfort because you know that maybe. you're feeling something. Yeah. Like something's causing this like uncomfortableness and you're just like trying to figure out like what the yeah but it's like this? an excitement type oh, of thing like okay. maybe i'm maybe it's like the anxiety that you'd feel jumping out of a plane <laughs> <laughs> complete fear <laughs> yeah and i like to ride that edge yeah. so. <laughs> which is when because i want to i want to say how i know you you know yeah. like because yeah, yeah. it's interesting you know like seeing you become who you are and it's like that and then where we met right like right. it's just like completely a different environment totally different. <laughs> so uh, i've said it so many times i was a club promoter well Gavini was also a club promoter and yeah. we used to promote together right yep so i feel like the people you meet in that environment you kind of have like this idea of them yeah you know you kind of like paint a picture of what kind of people they are um and then to see like who you are it's like nine days like two different <laughs> people <laughs> from, it really is. from trying to like you know entice people with like your looks or whatever to you know i know i was go-go dancing at that time and too. You, you know what i'm saying so like <laughs> you're out about there. enticing with the, my looks <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with the little thong underwear you know what i mean Shake. well no i didn't wear thongs though oh. i'm just kidding <laughs> she wore the, I tights, was the, the tights i was the most like conservative go-go dancer at that time wearing little boy shorts and oh, okay maybe, yeah, but, yeah like that's probably why but it didn't it's last like, too long felt <laughs> like not slutty enough. get her yeah. off the stage like notice me for my dance moves not for my body okay <laughs> while i'm shaking my booty in the yeah. face <laughs> so it's just like you meet somebody like that and you're like oh and it's like interesting i think about all of them like yeah. everybody we promoted with and seeing who they've become after that and right. it's like that's so interesting like it was literally just a little phase of our like we tried something that we thought was fun and then yeah you move on and then you do different things I think it's cool that seeing you like, you know, I, I don't want to call you like a hippie, but I've always had like this vision of you as like, she's just like free spirited. Yeah. Like she's just like with the flow of things like, and I think that's super cool. Well, and then to add to what you're saying, and thank you for that. Um, to add to what you're saying is after we met in the club industry, then we, we met. Yeah. Again at, at Costco. In Costco yeah. and doing sales. And what I noticed the trend with everything that I did was all about building connections. Mm. I worked so many sales jobs and I was in Costco for like over 10 years. Well, so just you were doing the road shows. Yeah. And then you went to Costco. I was doing the road shows in Costco. Yeah. And then, but then you and worked, then I worked for, for Costco. Costco. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And throughout that entire experience of all the sales that I did, regardless of Costco or not, uh, it was all about connection. I would find myself in long conversations with people where they're telling me their whole lifelong story, their deepest, darkest secrets. They're like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm telling you this. Mm-hmm. Never told anybody this. And I'm like, it's like every day for me. Yeah. <laughs> I, and same here, because working in you know sales, yeah. when I was working in sales, people were like, I'd build these bonds. People would bring me lunch and like they would wait for me specifically. Even if I was like jam packed, they're like, no, I'm here for Jonah. Yeah. And then like we'd build like this rapport. And then some of them I still talk to like customers I had. Oh, that's like I still, you know, we have them. I have them on social media and we like interact or whatever. And I think it's the same thing. Like without even wanting to, like I built these like bonds with people. Right. And like they would open up. I've You know, I mean, times I heard that, you know, my husband's a cheater, like can you help me prove it and shit? It's like, yeah. ma'am, I should not know that. <laughs> <laughs> I barely the know your person for them to tell. Too. Yeah. I was like, I barely know your first name. Like, yeah, I'm not the person you should be telling this, but they would just like, you know, like, like your breathing exercise. Just, like, <laughs> just purge it all out on Purging you. <laughs> on all their problems. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not to come home drain. Like, uh. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's interesting that you say that. Cause that's exactly what starts to happen. You get drained from it. It's like, yeah. There is an emotional, like they're pulling your energy in a way. And yeah, that there's a transfer what, of energies. Correct. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that definitely played a part in my realization of the long-term goals, which was what is the thing that's really driving me is connection is supporting people. I had my own phone line as a kid. So just so people could call me, you know, back before cell phone days yeah, yeah. and my own landline. <laughs> And people with the little me, springy cord, right? Yeah. The little, I had the see-through one with oh. all the writing on it. <laughs> so kids um, with these days would never, they could never understand. No, the it shit was we so went cool. through, having to find a payphone, right? <laughs> yeah. Can I give you a little side story? Yeah, I was a little, I was a little shit as a kid. So there was a point with the landline where I wanted to. So I would talk to my friends until six o'clock in the morning, sometimes being their little therapist until I'd get ready to go to school. And there was one time in India, there's exams twice a year. And most of your grade is based off of the exam grades. Mm. So your overall year, the the grade for the overall year is based off those exam grades. So um, <laughs> my dad gave me, he, he grounded me and he's like, I'm taking your phone. So one day I decide to rewire the phone line while he was at work so that it only goes into my room and he has no access to the phone line and I had a spare phone and then I locked my room. <laughs> Something you can never do with a cell phone these days. No. <laughs> Probably can, but you have to be like high tech. I know. <laughs> Anyways, a little side story. That's crazy. Uh, you know those, you remember the phones that you would hang up and had like these two prongs that would yeah. hang up the call? Yeah. So there was a way where you can like, like the there was like a combination mm-hmm. where it would become an out. So like even if they try to like take oh because you remember it had the spinny thing yeah yeah. So if they locked it, you couldn't dial out right. It only come in. Okay. But you can use those prongs to dial the number. Like oh. there was like a way to do it. And I was like, damn, that's funny. Like <laughs> kids were figuring this out. Like oh, if I hold it or something, then I can do like one, two, three, four. You know, like yeah. and then dial a number out like that. Oh, nice. So. The things we'll never get to experience again. Ever, right? <laughs> That's insane. I like yeah. um, I like this journey you're on. It's Thank cool. You. I like you. I admire it, but it's just like you know, it's one of those things. Like it's not for me. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah, not okay. the the breathing thing, but like just living freely how you are. Just yeah. like oh, I'm just gonna go with the flow. I'm just like it's not it gives the me easiest anxiety. way to live. Yeah, it gives you anxiety. Yeah, just thinking about like 
like uncertainty. Yeah. Yeah. Like I already have like you have to already worry about like I'm in my car all day. Like I can go out tomorrow and then get in an accident and that's it, right? Yeah. And then to think like on top of that, like how you're like just like, oh, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm just like vlog. <laughs> Like I tell my girls, like I want to live in a tiny house. Yeah, have you seen those? Yeah, like really tiny houses. And she's like, "Babe, you could never." And I was like, "I want to." She's like, "Where are you gonna put all your shoes?" And I was like, <laughs> "I'll cut them down." She's like, "Like be for real." And I was like, "You're right." <laughs> <laughs> like it seems cool. It seems like so dope to do it, but it's like, yeah, I'll just watch from over here because that's that's out of my. <laughs> yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> I know. I don't know if I could either. And you're but, moving to India. Yeah. How'd that come about? Like you just one day was like, I'm out. So were you born in India? I was born in Berkeley, but I lived back as I moved back and forth from India to America since mm. I was like five and a half years old. Oh, so no. that's kind of where all of this free spirited from that culture ways started, not from the culture, but the fact that like it's a it's a blessing and a curse in a way. And I I've recently identified with kind of the traumatic aspect of it which i disassociated from and so that's what's kind of led me into the work that i've done is by i've been so disassociated from my own childhood stuff it's always been easier to help other people until now i'm seeing so many mirrors of myself in the world around me that i'm recognizing that like um i never really felt grounded in my life as a kid since my dad lived in india and my mom lived in america and they were divorced so I didn't really know where it was going to be home. I didn't know like when I would see my next parent, my other parent, you know, because it felt like a lifetime in between seeing a parent for every six months, you know, mm. and I have to travel all the way oh, across yeah. the world to see the other parent. Oh. So it's kind of ingrained in me in a way that I don't know yet if it's healthy or not, but it's working right now with the surrender experiment that I'm on, which mm. What I mean by surrender experiment too is just that I'm following the purpose, and I know I kind of got into this earlier, but like of what lights me up, what gives me the goosebumps and in that and where the momentum is also being built. And so, or where it's flowing, I should say. So being in America, I've, I feel like I've got my groundwork. I tried going to India in the past, right after I'd got my certifications and felt like I was ready. And when I went to India that time, I realized it wasn't about work. And I really wanted to go out there and save the world. Like I, that was my goal in life. I had what I call the savior complex. So I wanted to save everybody's lives. And I realized I was so disconnected from my own connection to my roots being half Indian. I needed to first develop that connection there. So I found my love for India again on that trip. And when I came back, I really started to get into the business aspect of it, the marketing aspect, which is part of my background. So both sides have to come into play, which is like the purpose driven stuff, but also the business aspect of mm. things in order to really make things progressive or to like make an, you know, make money off of it. And we need money at the end of the day. So now I just, in October, I decided to, I just, I got that feeling again of that light, like my whole body lit up and I'm like, I don't know what this is about, but I'm just going to go. I'm going to book a t- trip to India. Went for two weeks. I was like, I don't know why I'm here, but let's just keep open to whatever opportunities are showing up and work really showed up at that time. So I kept getting opportunity after opportunity worked pretty much the entire two weeks that I was there came back. I'm like, I think I need to go back in six months. And people are already asking, like, are you going to be doing a retreat? Like what's going on? Are you coming back? We would love to have you. I was like, okay, I'll book a trip. And then 
within those six months, life happened. I got more settled in. I was like, I don't think I can really afford another trip mm -hmm. in six months. Like I got rent, rent's super expensive right now. So next thing you know, my landlord gives me a 30 days notice for mold issues. I have to move out. And then when I moved out, I decided to put everything in storage. And then at that point, I'm also like, well, now I have time. I have money to be able to go to India. So why don't I just go to India? So I get there. I go, I plan a retreat. I'm like, I'll do some workshops in between. I ended up working almost the entire month. And the amount of referrals that I got in that month was insane. Like I was getting um, a woman who works with an acting company, like a, they teach actors how to act. She wants me to possibly work with them. There is like doctors that have been hitting me up. People of all walks of life have been wanting to work with me. I just didn't have enough time to meet the demand. So I'm like, okay, I guess I got to come back in six months. And then meanwhile, I'm like, maybe I should actually live here. And then mm. instead of living in America, because the momentum is like really taking off in India, that's an idea that I'll like, you know, entertain. <laughs> and what's so interesting is that I like to pay attention to the signs. So I end up planning this, I end up, um, deciding that maybe I will move back to India. In the meanwhile, I got bumped up to first class on my <laughs> first flight back. On the second flight back, I got premium food. Like I, I was around people that were sick the entire time I was on my trip, which started before I even went on my trip. My former roommate got COVID and everybody that I was in, in interaction with was sick along the way. And I, my immune system was strong while I was out there. All these signs that are showing me that like, I'm taken care of. My body is receptive to this. Um, I don't know. And then on the, at the very end too, when I got to America, they actually lost my baggage and then I got to go on a shopping spree for those two days. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, I don't know. I feel if there's, if those aren't signs that I'm in the right, right. direction, I don't know what is, how many and people get bumped up to first class. Yeah. I got to lay down for a good six hours on that flight that's of sweet. 25 hours. So. Yeah, that's sweet. Yeah. <laughs> How is the, I have no like knowledge of Indian, 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 Indian yeah. culture. The Indian culture. Yeah. It just sounds, I don't know why it sounded like wrong and shit. Indian culture um, compared to here, or I guess what I'm trying to ask is like for women, is it harder for them in India compared to like the United States? Because when I think like, that side of the world you know like so i feel like women don't have like the same of respect mm -hmm. you know uh respect mainly you know that they do even though here you can argue that it's pretty trash too but like over there like for you to work is that's like not a problem correct nowadays i mean it all depends okay. on who you're talking to it also depends on what time you know when i was in school out there because i did go to school there was this preconceived notion that all American women are slutty or easy. And as a kid, that was pretty traumatic for me because there was rumors spread about me when I had done nothing of the sort. So I was like, I was still there going to in India. Okay. I was still going to like, um, little kid parties with like clowns and musical chairs and all that. And there was all these rumors spread about me losing, getting drunk and losing a t-shirt, my shirt in a tree at a party. And I'm like, I, I have never even drank at this time, so I don't even know what you're talking about. Nowadays, things have gotten super liberal. Oh. 
almost more than what I witness here in America at times. Oh. Like, because if you tell shocked. that, like, if you hear that rumor about you were here, they'd be like, "Oh, she had fun." Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> what party is this at? I want to yeah. go and shit. But yeah, yeah, and in India, like, I mean, coming to America, I'd realize I would feel so much freedom to be mm. who I want to be. And as a kid in India, I didn't feel that, and that's where I was kind of traumatized from my experience in India until. I went back, you know, in the beginning of the surrender experiment that I've been on. But depending on where you go, I mean, there was a lot of rapes that were occurring in New Delhi. There probably still are, and they're probably just not talking about it as much. Is it, does it have anything to do with, like, shut up, you're just a woman type yeah. of mentality out there? Well, what happened is there was one huge rape that had occurred, and the girl was riding in a bus with her guy friend. And they were going to a movie and she was probably wearing, I think she was wearing some kind of Western clothes, but like nothing that's provocative. And there, it was a gang rape and they raped her with the crowbar and then they what threw the her on the fuck? street and she died of um, internal bleeding, internal bleeding. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. And that finally got the attention of like worldwide news. But up until that point, they weren't giving that kind of no, they weren't paying attention to it. It was just, especially the lower class. It's really unfortunate that they they don't get the kind of support or the safety precautions that like the upper class gets. Is um I'm but, sorry if I'm asking you all these like questions about that culture because like I said I have like no. Well, let me finish really quick. Yeah, yeah. When that happened, even the politicians were saying, "Well, what kind of girl goes out at eight o'clock at night? She shouldn't. Have, she got that, what she deserved." Uh, and so there was a huge blaming? uproar after that because people are like. We should be allowed to go out. Why shouldn't we? They, if, they're like, if any dec if she's a decent woman, she should be home with her family. So there was there there's this and that simultaneously occurring. And nowadays the the Western mentality is really starting to take over. But if you're looking at a village, it's a completely different situation. They still in those old traditional traditional uh, ways of thinking. Is like uh, arranged marriages something they do out there? Yeah, they do. It's insane. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Have, was that ever like an almost thing for you and your like your family? They've I I have family like, members. If, in fact, a cousin of mine just had an arranged marriage, oh. and she's you know very modern and all that. But oh. like, um, that's I've, funny because you're like very modern, but just like you're gonna marry him, and that's yeah. just that's well, just. She also I I don't know how much dating she was doing, and I think oh. she just wanted to get married at that point. <laughs> so like that's it cool. was just easier. Um, it so has like been position like, for me, but I'm not, I'm not attached to the idea of marriage. Oh. So yeah. It's like whatever. Yeah. I'd rather child and marriage to me is kind of like, eh, if it, if we really desire to get married, I mean, it's, it's great. I just don't want, I'd want to have the choice to be with one another and know that this is the person that I want forever. Mm. You know, like, I mean, I'm, I totally get it with you and your girl. Like, it makes sense. You guys have been together. There's no turning anywhere else. So at this point, it's like. Might as well. Yeah. Like, it's, <laughs> it just adds yeah. to the relationship. But it's yeah. not like my goal. The goal is like something that's trust, trusting and loving and like unconditionally loving, I should it's say. Almost like the fundamentals of a relationship. Yeah. 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 And Which if we don't those are that, all like important things, too. Right. Yeah. To have because without those, it's just like. It's just a document then. It's like trying to um, go up a hill on a sand hill. Like you'll get a couple of steps, but you're going to slide. Right. And you're never going to get to the top because you're always going to be like sliding up and down so, or exactly. sliding down. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, Cause uh, I don't, I don't even think you that I've known you or seen on anything like, 
like a significant other like you've always been like this like independent woman you're like i'm doing my own thing like yeah i don't need no man <laughs> i would love a relationship i would really love a relationship i want to have a family it's just there's i've just not found the person that i feel is worth yeah yeah would it be worth like giving up what you're doing or is it like no. somebody who's gonna like come along to ride yeah that's i think over all these years the one thing that i do know and who knows what changes over time, you know, cause I am on the surrender experiment, but at the same oh, time, yeah, this is true. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, surrender to me. And you're all like, yeah. fuck, all right. <laughs> if this is where my journey brought me. Right. Yeah. Who knows? At the same time, if I found that right, I've, I've thought about this because, you know, with me moving to India, it's, <laughs> it would not surprise me if all of a sudden somebody great comes into my path right like now. Right. And like, right now. And it's like, do I pick him or do I pick this purpose work, you know, yeah. but I really do feel at this time, what's what, where the momentum is, is where I need to go. And like, if it's there to help the greater good, then I want to keep following that. And if a relationship shows up, I don't know that that's going to last a year, maybe two years, you know, and then after that it could fizzle away. Maybe it lasts, maybe it doesn't. And in that case, I give up this opportunity. That's like life's, predicament huh i know right <laughs> you know, like you want to do this but it may not work out yeah but then you're like well fuck it i'm gonna go along for the experience and yeah. then you're like but do i regret doing see i think of that of like people who get married young yeah like it's cool that you you think you found your love or you were you know you're sure you found your love when you're in high school yeah and then you guys get married and you guys have kids and so like i feel like it just sucks that i feel like they're gonna have like this little bit of resentment not towards their partner but just like themselves like damn i didn't there's a lot i didn't experience yeah and then because to respect my partner i didn't do some of the things that you know i kind of wanted to do but right i'm married this is you know what married people do we got to follow these rules or whatever these social rules and it's like man that shit sucks yeah like finding somebody later on in life is for me is like the best because you can do all that shit and then be like, all right, I'm done. Right. Like, I don't, there's no more curiosity. I, yeah. I've done what I wanted to do. Now I can be like, focus my attention on like my partner or whatever. Totally. Yeah. And I'm definitely there where it's like, I've already lived my life. Yeah. I'm ready to settle down. And it has to be somebody that adds to me. Cause I, 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 you know, I also know that what I attract, what I've been attracting so far, I'm sure I have part in that, you know, what I've been attracting because I realize there has been an emotional unavailability within myself. So I would either attract people that I don't really respect or care for as much, maybe not even that attracted to, but they're deeply in love with me. Mm. And that's kind of a safety, safety mechanism. They kind of fulfill right? like your little ego, right? Or like, yeah, but I also know I'm not going to, I'm not going to get broken from them. Uh. And then the other side is people who are emotionally unavailable and I might express my interest in them. And then afterwards it's like, but I know that's another safety mechanism. Cause you know, they'll be like, no. Yeah. It's not going to, I can, I can start to be more vulnerable with this person. Cause I know they're not going to fall in love with me. And then we're not going to, you know, I'm not going to get broken again. And I think that things might start to change. We'll see, but I have finally gotten to the root of where a lot of this stems based off of the work that I've been doing, not only with clients, but you know, simultaneously with myself. I don't know. There's this kind of a, a deep topic, <laughs> <laughs> but there is some childhood stuff oh. that happened in the dynamic with my parents getting a divorce 
where um, I think I told myself that there is not, you know, the man in my life is going to get taken away from me. Mm. So in that, and so now I've repeated that pattern. And so this is the work that I do, you know, with breath work and with the people that I, my clients that I work with is start to get down to the root of where it started in childhood and how we've created this pattern moving into our adult life. So that is kind of where my stuff started. And I've been healing a lot of that wounding recently. And then I don't know what's going to unfold after that, but I'm curious how life will change because I've been having a lot of these experiences where suddenly I'll have this epiphany of what my little child had felt that I'd been disassociated to for so many years. And I'll have what I call a release, which is just like an emotional, like I'll just have tears come out. And to me, I don't like to get too attached to the story. I just it, I release the energy of the emotion. And then I feel like something else clicks or I get a little deeper within myself and I can understand myself on a, on a deeper level. So it's kind of cool that you're bringing up these questions because oh. <laughs> it's, it's actually right at the heart of the work that I've been doing for myself. That's good. I mean, and I was just going to say like, uh, like it's dope that you're doing all this, like for a greater good, I'm going to go out there because you know, they need me or, you know, I'm needed there. I could help people. And the whole time I was like, when's she going to say that she needs herself? Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> oh no, they're my greatest. Every client I work with are my greatest gurus. Like I learned yeah. so much from them. And what I love about the work is not that I'm, I'm changed that I'm helping them per se. I'm just empowering them to help themselves because what I'm doing is just kind of guiding them, but they're ultimately doing the work for themselves. And that's what I love so much about it. Do you think, does this work like distract you or makes you kind of be like, I'm too busy to focus on my shit. This last month like, that I was in India, I didn't have enough time to. That's what I'm saying. Like, so like myself. you do this cause you know, like deep down it's like, I'm going to do this because it's going to keep me busy. And yeah. so then I don't even have to make myself my, it's going to be like, I'm going to, it's my excuse to not prioritize myself. Like in the shit that I, the stuff that I want, you know what I'm saying? Like I can see an element of that. Cause I'm always go Vindy go on the yeah. go all the time. Yeah. And there is this part of me that <clears throat> is a constant work in progress of like giving myself time to just sit and feel. Cause I know that I, I actually enjoy the process of that. When things get a little uneasy for me, I actually kind of enjoy when I can feel my emotions and like when things get uncomfortable, I'm really curious about that. And it, I learn a lot from it. Like I've learned to have a new relationship with pain and my emotions in a way that's like, they're my greatest coaches. Just like, you know, a good coach is not going to be easy on you. They're going to kick mm. your ass. <laughs> yeah. You're going to hate them probably at times, but it's like, you really grow from that. And so that's been my experience with, with emotions. So when I'm in it, I'm not so scared of it, but I know that I can, sometimes it's just easier to keep going and keep pushing along. And, um, and I am getting tidbits of my own healing through the process, but it's definitely part of the work that I need to consist consistently do every day, every week, every month to like slow down and just feel I'm teaching people that. So I need to be yeah. an example of that. And <laughs> it's, I, I definitely have some work there. I do it, but probably there's a lot more room to do more. That's 
I my hats off to you. You know, like <laughs> the way you're living is just is extremely interesting, and it's just questions that I have because I I see your stuff and I'm, and these are the questions that I have while I'm watching yourself. Like, damn, that's crazy. <laughs> you know, like I love that you're asking me those questions too because so many people are like, "What are you doing to people? <laughs> <laughs> what is going on?" <laughs> and at first, I thought I was like, "Is she telling them to like, you yeah. know, do these mo these movements and like, you know, like this is gonna help you do it." And then you're saying like, it's just, they don't even know they're doing it sometimes. Correct. Yeah. Sometimes I am. Do you get pushback? Maybe not from <clears throat> the people doing it. Cause uh, you know, obviously they were referred to somebody who's done it. So they kind of go in with, you know, a certain expectation of what to, what's going to happen. But people in, outside of that, do you get pushback or like criticism? I can't really say I've had any criticism actually. Now that I think about it. Every person, so I've had people fall asleep during the session and they get concerned about that, but they still walk away with something, some little nugget of like knowledge from it. It's interesting. I, I'm really attached to a certain way that things go in my mind. I'm not letting them know that, but like in my mind, I'm like, I want, you know, them to have this experience and I'm playing this certain kind of music for them. And in the end, they have a different experience and, but somehow they still gain something out of it every time. So I realize that's the part that I need to pull myself back out of any expectations as far as um, criticism and the criticism, I mean, from like the outside people watching from outside, not the ones involved. Yeah. Like do, <laughs> haters. Yeah. I'm sure like, you know, does anybody ever like whisper, you know, like unnecessary comments about like maybe calling your whatever you're doing, like uh, a scam or anything like that. I've had people question things. What, They're like, what, yeah. yeah, they have asked, like, what is that? Instagram is always interesting, especially people from India that start commenting. Oh. Because they, they have, I don't know, the, some of the people have really interesting comments that they'll write. Um, but I had one person, I think the, the, the worst that it's gotten is just like, I hope that, you know, you've gotten people's consent for the videos. But I make sure that I get yeah. consent from everybody and I don't like to post that's, without that. That's like a, so that's like, like a petty. I know. It's super petty. <laughs> uh, beyond that, though, I don't know. There, some. Oh, I've had people. I've had people want to turn it into something sexual mm. and like be like, oh, is this that. tantric? Is this tantra related? Is it? That just shows you where their mind is. I know. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, are you giving him orgasms? I'm like. Do, they get their they tissues look, ready. They're they like tears running down their cheeks. Is that the kind of orgasms you have? I when don't does know. this get ready? When does this get good? Right. <laughs> Where do I fast forward? Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I, I somebody's say, always going to sexualize something, right? Yeah. Yeah. I have had people not really know what to do with what happens through the session. And then, but then we just end up doing follow up sessions, but they're like a little confused. I've had people also in sessions say, like, especially in group sessions. So in India specifically, I remember there was a few of them that were very vocal. And then there was a few of them that were like having a harder time getting to that level. We ended up doing a six day workshop. So within those first three days or so, they were they would scream along with everybody and then they would go back into their breathing and their their breathing would be more calm and relaxed compared to everybody else, which are having these. <gasps> You know, it's actually a belly chest exhale, which is the type of breathing technique that we do. So um, uh, inhale, belly, inhale, chest, exhale it all out. But by the 
fourth day, third or fourth day, they would start to have an experience that was like, they would have the emotions come out. They would have epiphanies come up and every session they would have some kind of epiphany that would come up. But by the third or fourth day is where things started to really hit. And they're like, wow, this is, this is what I was looking for. But the comparison aspect is a part of the journey in a way, because what's occurring if you're, if that person is not having the same experience as other people and they're feeling like maybe they're doing something wrong, maybe, you know, they're just not, they're not qualified for it. Whatever stories that are going on in their head usually is the story that's been carried through through their lifetime <laughs> in some way. They're usually tapping into the same thoughts that was like as in teenage years in middle school. And do I like, fit in? Or- yeah, everybody else is having this experience and I don't have it. So it brings something to the surface that is worth noticing. And then as we we start to dive deeper and so I'll get into childhood stuff and um, bring in different techniques. So I don't just do the breath work. I do things like OSHA inspired dynamic meditation, a part of that, um, like a version of that that I've created, which helps release emotional um, release emotions. So we're actually screaming and pounding on pillows and like letting aggression out. We're doing different things that kind of signal to the body that it's safe to release the emotions and to feel the emotions. And so through the process, the body starts to feel more and more comfortable and eventually it has its release. I, I say the body because I feel like my body, it, our bodies can act a lot like a little child, like an infant that doesn't know how to articulate words. So it screams, it cries, it has, it has different ways of communicating that we have to slow down and listen to. So like when I'm excited, I'll get goosebumps. If I'm like feeling you know, like um, if I'm about to get into an argument with somebody and I feel I'll feel myself get into defensive mode and my solar plexus will jam up right beneath my chest and I'll feel this like constriction. If I'm holding back tears, my throat will start to constrict, you know. So there's different ways that my body kind of shows me where it doesn't feel safe. Over time, the more I've started to do work with my body, more work I've started to do with other people's bodies also, it starts to really it starts to get to the place where it can relax and it feels safe to just release. So now it's just, I, I will cry suddenly at certain things and I'm like, okay, cool. Let it out. Yeah. Yeah. Just let it out. It's just a release. Yeah. Is it, is it harder for dudes to do this than women? Just cause you know how guys are, you know? Yeah. You know, we are. Yeah. (laughs) God forbid we cry. I know. Right. And it's pretty shocking for guys when they do cry. When they cry? Oh, yeah. yeah. They've, I've had people I'm like, like, oh, I'm too manly for this shit. Yeah. yeah. No, but what starts to happen with guys is their body. I've had an experience. So mo- more of the guys that I work with, because especially in India, they, they don't want to express too much emotion. I mean, in general, being very out loud with your emotions in general as a man or a woman is not as acceptable unless it's just an outburst of anger. Is... Machismo, a thing in India? Yeah, they have their own version of it. They have their own yeah. version? Okay, yeah. yeah. So um, I've had men, a lot of men in my experience have start to shake. And mm. when they start to shake, I come over and I have this very nurturing motherly energy as I've been told by everybody. So I'll come and I'll put my hand on their chest. I'll caress their hair. I'll tell them certain things that it's, I'm, you're safe. I'm here with you. You're not alone. And then the tears will start to come out and they're like, you probably just tapped into like 
their mom issues yeah. and shit. <laughs> you know, like mom was never there. Yeah. And comes Gavindi rubbing your head. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Has anybody, uh, and I'm not even trying to be immature. I'm just like, like orgasm from that. No, I, not oh. that I'm aware of at least. <laughs> and I can tell you. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think that really triggers that part of oh. the body, honestly. Um, maybe they get turned on afterwards, maybe because their, mm. their energy is flowing more freely Bloods. at that point. <laughs> Blood's going places. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in that moment, what starts to happen is it's more of a, like it's an emotional release and it's not always logical. Like people don't really know why they're crying. It's just the tears just start coming out. Um, they will feel tingly and vibrations around their body almost every time. Uh, but that's also the way the oxygen, because you're getting double the oxygen to the CO2. So the way the oxygen is penetrating through the blood and everything, it creates this kind of high kind of a sensation in the body. Mm. So people do come out and they're like, it, they look like a train just hit them because they're totally dazed. They're not even able to articulate their words afterwards. They're just kind of, they just know that they feel these emotions. Maybe they've seen certain visions that they, it, it can be very psychedelic. So they'll have visions of things that have been blocked from their past. Sometimes they'll have visions of like ancestors that show up or even feel the ancestors. I've actually, I actually had an experience of seeing a guy who I tried to save on the freeway. He was in an accident. I thought I could play God and try and save him. I wasn't able to. And I, I kind of mourned that experience because I thought that I could have done more. I don't know what I like thought I could have done. Yeah. Okay. He was laid out in a puddle of blood and it looked like his brains were splattered everywhere, but it was just his hair and the blood and everything was just, yeah, it was, it was a crazy experience. And then a week later or that later on that week, I went to a breathwork session and received a breathwork session myself. And I remember in the session, I actually seen him above me and I could feel his energy by me and he was holding my face and my chest the way I was holding him. And, um, at the very end, so this was with my eyes closed. I opened my eyes at the end when we, when we roll over onto his side and I opened my eyes and across the studio floor, I could see this little light buzz off. And when I mentioned that in the class, cause we all share at the end, it's a really important time to get together and all talk about our experience cause it helps integrate the experience and also validates other people's experiences when they hear yours. Mm. So I always like to have a little powwow afterwards. Anyways, this was me attending. So I'm telling the group what I'd seen and the girl who's Matt, it flew over actually seen the same thing. Oh, wow. She was like, I seen that light. And I'm like, no shit. So I was not, that, that was like validating for me, you know, to know that I'm not just imagining stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My left brain likes to still get in, involved and be like, yeah, I don't know about that. Are you oh, sure? Okay. What is that really about? Like a little bit There's of, no such like, thing as spirits. There's yeah. no such thing about like any of that kind of woo woo stuff. And it's like, then I get these validations and it's like, okay, can't mm. really deny that. <laughs> yeah. Cause every time you hear like anything like spirit related or even evil related, you're like, mm, yeah. did you really, yeah. you know, like I'm not one to just say that ghosts don't exist or spirits don't exist. Yeah. I just, my mom always raised me saying, you know, be more afraid of the living than the dead. Mm. So, you know, that little bit of comfort, right? For sure. And then also, and, and she would always tell me, she's like, if you're going to believe there's evil spirits, then you have to believe that there's good ones. Yeah. So um, have faith that the good ones are going to protect you. Like so that. hearing that growing up my whole life, you know, like 
Um, I could watch the scariest movie and go to sleep and like nothing. Yeah. Like, I have no, I don't have nightmares. That was me too. Yeah. I, that's what I mean by, I like to play in the darkness a little bit as a kid in younger years. Cause I was like, I remember my mom would ask me, why do you like, or my dad, somebody asked me, why do you like watching horror movies as a kid? And I'm like, it's funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> and then I realized like later on, like they, they really tried to fuck with me. There was actually a point where I almost committed suicide because oh, wow. something took over that was not me. And it was like, it took over my emotions. And that's how I knew that like, I had no reason to be depressed like that. And at that point when I'm standing over my mom's sink with a knife in my hand, ready to slip my wrist, I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, this is not, this is not you. You're not depressed about anything. Were you young? I was 19. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So young enough, but I mean, it, it made no logical sense. And I was luckily able to talk myself out of it. And when I talked to my dad about it, he was like, he explained it to me cause he does spirit releasement therapy. And, um, <clears throat> I had a few other experiences like that as well afterwards that wasn't quite wanting to commit suicide, but it would deeply hit my emotions. <clears throat> and I would have, uh, my dad's a spiritual psychotherapist. He does the spirit releasement therapy. So I would end up, I was kind of that target because the entities knew that they could be released. They could get guidance to go to the light through me by being the daughter of my father. So sorry, this is like totally off topic that like, <laughs> it's not normally a topic I like to bring up cause I know it can freak people up, oh, freak people out sometimes, right, right. but, um, it is part of the journey that I've been on. And there was a point where like, I was like, no, I am stronger than this. Like they can't mess with me unless I let them. The thing that is concerning is when people are in a weak, if they're in a weak state emotionally or physically, if they're also under the influence a lot. Like when people black out, their spirit can't actually reside in their body. So it opens themselves up to other energies or entities. So, I mean, we can think about this even just on a little bit more practical level. If, if I'm low and I'm around somebody that, like you explained in sales, where a person comes up and they're dumping all their stuff onto you, you come back feeling drained. So imagine if I'm already low and then I'm around somebody that has this heavier energy and it brings me even lower how depressed I can get. Mm -hmm. So that's more of the physical aspect of things. But if we're talking about on the spiritual aspect, it's like they can kind of come in and they can try and mess with you. And you just have to have that strength to be like, Nope, Nope, we're not doing this. You have no control over me. So I love that your mom said that. Yeah. That was empowering. She's very uh, religious. Yeah. And I, I'm not, mm -hmm. but I believe in, you know, the spiritual. Like, yeah. I believe in a higher power. I just don't believe in religions. Yeah. Like, I don't same. believe in churches. And, and for me, honestly, when I see those, I'm just like, this is like a hot take. I'm sorry. But yeah. when people, um, you know how they go get baptized and all yeah. that. I mean, I say they dip them in hot, wa hot dog water, <laughs> 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 but respectfully. <laughs> but I always think like, ah, where is your mind at? Yeah that <clears throat> you're allowing somebody to convince you right to follow this like journey it's almost like are you a little bit weak-minded yeah you know like, well, that's there's truth to that i, I don't want to like disrespect them because if that's what they need you know like fine but but then they go in like deep end of it yeah 
And then it's like, let them take over. Right. And I was like, that's cool, but we haven't forgotten who you were. Right. Like, exactly. You count your, you, you dipped in water, but the shit you did wasn't. Right. That shit I don't like stained that. Stained permanently. You know, like, so you can pretend that because they dipped you in water, right. that you're this new person. Right. But all those stains you left behind are still there. Like Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't. It, I don't feel like it erases that. I think religion yeah. has was created. I think he. I don't know if his was like, as in like, he was just like, well, fuck it, I might as well try this, you know? Like, yeah. Where there's people maybe who are like, oh, I need this. Yeah. But still, like, it doesn't take away nothing that you've done. Right. So that's just like my, <laughs> my yeah. take on that. But you know, I don't. No disrespect, but right. that's just how I feel. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I feel religion is, each religion is one slice of a pie. And we're looking at that one slice of a pie thinking this is it. Yes, it is it, but it's one part of the whole. And I feel like in order to understand God, you have to kind of put things into layman terms to like, and, and into something that feels relatable for each person so that they can comprehend God. But I think God is so much greater than any religion can really capture. And it's it's just kind of an easy way. Some some religions have used, you know, God as a way to create more fear and control. And but I think the the basis of most religions are pretty much the same about love one another and respect one another like your neighbor and um do unto others as you want unto yourself kind of thing. It's it's all very similar. <clears throat> but it's just where people get tied into like little fine details of stuff. And that's where like now we're losing the true essence of what I think is pretty basic. It's basics, like common sense, I would say yeah. of like how to just be with one another, mm-hmm. go kill each other and yeah. be like, Oh, we're saved. We're going to be go. We're going to go <laughs> God now. I had a, a roommate who I despised. Yeah. I loathe yeah. this person, but he made a good point one night. He was like, how do we know we're not all praying to the same person when we just call them by different names? Right. And I was like, damn. <laughs> like that's you know, like that's true. Like Muhammad, um, um, um Jehovah, you know what I mean? Like yeah. Jesus, uh, all these, but maybe it's just like the same person. Right. Just different names in different areas. A lot of the stories even are similar. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So that's crazy. I just I and like you were saying, people who who do that, like you know, you have to go with the right mindset. Right. <laughs> Even to like what they do with you. Cause, uh, Even what they what? When they go in to your seminars or, or your, what do you, um, the, right, the your classes. classes yeah. yeah. So, cause then you can go also and be like, well, I'm just going to fake it. Yeah. You know, and then they may be the ones who are like, yeah, oh, we're doing it. And you're like, <laughs> really? That actually yeah. happened at the festival that I just worked at. I oh, really? At yeah. Festival and people were like, oh, I was just like, I've done breath work. I happened to see it while I was walking by and then they're like bawling, crying at the end. They're like, I had no idea this is what I was going to experience. But they were always, it's always like a, there's always gratitude with the tears somehow. Um, And then as far as what you were saying with your friend, as far as um, we're uh, we're all praying to the same person, there was something I was going to say about that. (laughs) (laughs) He was a very deep person like that, you know? And then this was many, many years ago. Um, so he just kind of hit me and I was like, oh shit, you know, it's true. Like, what if we are, Yeah, we can't say it's one of those things like prove me God's real. Well, prove yeah. me he's not. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Uh, 
So I used to always get into debates with Christians and I love Christ, but Christians are, can be really intense <laughs> right here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm dying to get like a pastor in here. Yeah. Just cause I want to like test. Right. You know, well, I would always say like my debate would always be that how can a Buddhist pray for their entire life in a monastery and, and think that they're, they've given up their entire life for the monastery for the, for Buddhism but then they go to hell because they didn't ask for Christ to save them. I don't understand mm. that. And so <laughs> it would really trigger certain people that I would speak to. And I'm like, I'm, I'm just trying to understand. I don't want to sit here and tell you you're wrong. Mm -hmm. I just want to understand like, why, how does that make sense though? I don't get that aspect. And, yeah. and what happens to them then if they don't ask for Jesus to be their savior, if they don't even know that that's what they're supposed to do. Yeah. That's so, how I feel when they say, um, <laughs> when they're like, you know, you have to believe yeah. in Jesus Christ. I don't like and the it's like, to or should. I thought his love was unconditional. Right. He forgave you for being a piece of shit, but he won't forgive me for not going to church. And he was that's like. What, that's what we were saying. And those, you know, yeah. Right. And he wasn't doing <laughs> so, that. He was hanging out with the prostitutes yeah. and the like, yeah. the druggies and everybody. And he was friends with them. He would help them. Yeah, it's just like, oh, he'll forgive you. Right. But not me. Right. He loves you. But not me. But not me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> just wanted to double check that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have the same, like, Christians, man. <laughs> but somebody once said to me, and this is the one time that it made sense, that Christ died on the cross for his sins, not to erase the sins, but it was the last blood sacrifice for people to be able to access God through somebody else. Now, because of Christ dying on the cross for everybody's sins, now they actually have direct access to God. And that's where they're like all the gurus and all the like popes and everything are not really holding the value that they once did because now people are discovering the God within themselves. That to me made sense. Mm. And that's what I experience even in my breath work is that people have a direct experience of their spirit and of whatever divine form is out there, whatever creator is there, they're having the experience of that through themselves and not through somebody else. And that's the thing that I absolutely love. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a very, um, sticky like topic. Yeah. And I never bring it up just because <laughs> like my, my podcast is more like yeah. fun, yeah. you know, <laughs> but it's just like, I've had these thoughts like, uh, I just want to like have a conversation with, with somebody who who believes that yeah and just be able to like give pushback you know yeah. not to like challenge them necessarily but just why not i have questions <laughs> and i like it a little challenge and too. if you're up there on stage come answer my questions right you know yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah so it's just a very interesting and um what you're doing everything it just like makes me have more questions i'm a very inquisitive person <laughs> i love it though you so ask I'll see, questions so i see shit on instagram all day i'm like i want to ask them questions yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> i was gonna ask you because it was like what you were talking about the breathing thing can they trans can they um take that and then use it like in their love life is there like an does it like provide some type of like enhancement or advantage so the breath work and there's various types of breath work. It can be kind of confusing because there's pranayamas and then there's breath work and then there's a whole bunch of other stuff you can do. This specific kind of breath work is more to induce the sympathetic nervous system. So that's the fight, flight or freeze. Mm. So it induces that state and then you're able to kind of navigate and change the uh, 
the neurotransmitters in the brain by doing different things. So that's why I have people more active, especially when they feel like if they feel themselves being pinned down, for example, I'll have them move more. If they're closing, if their mouth is closing, I'll have them scream or let out more sound. Um, that would not be a breath work that you would use in the bedroom, mm. but it does open up. It, it does release the energy that kind of is the ice around the person's heart. So they become more heart centered afterwards and they're able to connect. Now there are breathing techniques though, that are great within Tantra that can be used in the bedroom. Is Tantra Indian thing? Tantra was, it's like the Kama Sutra. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The Kama Sutra is basically kind of like a, but does that come from India? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, all Indian. Yeah. Yeah, Indians are freaks. Yeah, they're freaks. Yeah. <laughs> you said you're half Indian. I'm half Indian. What's the other? Everything else. Oh, okay. I got it all. But your dad is full Indian. Yeah. Oh, nice. yeah. Because you don't like when when I met you, I was like, I would have never guessed. I know. Like, I get everything. I would have guessed like some type of like Hispanic or Latino. But when I start talking like an Indian, I start <laughs> yeah. nodding my head. Then I know I look like Indian. I'm like, oh shit, she owns a Seven Eleven. <laughs> Which is weird because come have my, oh, none of them come across right. <laughs> I know a couple of people who own Seven Elevens and they're Mexican. Oh yeah, so it's like like a they're weird the minority. State. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> they're the odd ones out for sure. Right. <laughs> I didn't even know you had the power to do that accent. Like for the life of me, I can't do a Mexican accent. <laughs> you almost did though. Oh really? I feel like when you said for the life of me, for the life oh, of me, all oh, but that's like vatos locos for that's like American <laughs> Mexican, <laughs> Mexican American. You know, like I know my Indian accent like is if different. You tried, if you told me to imitate my mom, I couldn't. No, because to me that's normal. Like yeah, you know. So well, my Indian accent is it's I'm doing. It's not. It's that's exaggerated, not, right? It's exaggerated. Yeah. When I go to India, my my accent is a little bit more like proper. It's a little more British kind of sounding. Uh, so when you go out there, you kind of like. Talk different. I do. My accent starts to change. Oh, it's hard not to like, you know, it's, it's the mirroring thing that starts to occur Mm -hmm. when you're, I don't know. It's just hard not to start to pick up the accent. That's funny. Yeah. (laughs) I noticed that. (laughs) It is funny. When I go to Mexico, (laughs) when I go to Mexico city, they have an accent. It's like this singing type of talking. Oh, okay. And I come back home and I'm noticing that my Spanish has this little tone. Yeah. And it's because, you know, you hear it and so you kind of like you said you mirror the what you're hearing so it's funny yeah that's actually kind of a survival technique because uh-huh. you know when you're it's like the animal in us we want to kind of fit in and like become a part of the pack and so it's like our it's kind of hard to not do it i think everybody ends up starting to alter their accent a little bit depending on where they're around who they're around hmm. <laughs> around like black people i'm like yeah and they're like <laughs> For I wipe you, I'm like, ah, that's so know? true. <laughs> Go hit some waves, man. Right? <laughs> and they're like, what? <laughs> that is true. <laughs> it happens, right? <laughs> it does. It's so normal, but it's kind of embarrassing at times where I'm like, yeah, it totally sounded different right now. And then, you know, you, they I walk have... away, you're like, ooh, what's that? Like, <laughs> I know. Exactly. <laughs> spirit. <Right? laughs> Get out of my body. <laughs> I know. I had a client actually come out to India for a retreat who's American and she had experienced my she breathwork got, workshop here. Money, money. <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, she ends up, she, it all happened perfectly synchronistically at the time that she had put in a request for a time off. And then she's seen the post. Oh. Nonetheless, she comes out there and she's, 
she's hearing me talk with her with this American accent. And then a waiter comes up and I'm like, what are you doing? Da, 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 da. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, I'm getting scammed for sure. <laughs> she's like, you talk totally different to the staff than you do to me. <laughs> well, it's cause you gotta let them know that you're like one of them. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I 100% cause I talk to people in Spanish all the time. Yeah. And my Spanish is good. And like, it's my first language. Uh-huh. So like, I'll talk to them and just to make them feel like, you know, like I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm one of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I, see, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Yep. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so when are you leaving? Possibly September. September. Maybe early. For... And definitely. Let's see. I don't know. I mean, I have some opportunities that are all of a sudden popping up here. I know I have to finish my NLP master prac. So neuro-linguistic programming. I'll be able to put people into hypnosis and be able to do emotional release technique, a new, a different technique. Also, um, there's a lot of cool things in NLP and it's all, it's more brain like mind related. And so I can get people out of phobias and stuff like that with that. So I'm doing that master practitioner certification in July. And then after that, it's kind of just waiting for the summer hypnosis, to end. Hypnosis, That's interesting. Right. Have you been under hypnosis? Yeah. My dad does it. Your dad does it? He does past life regression. He That's does scary. hypnosis. So That's like I, tying me up in the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you My trust issues are too deep for something like that. <laughs> well, my experience in hypnosis has been like I'm aware of what's happening. Mm. And it's I guess I've done more of past life regression stuff. So I'm aware of what's occur what I'm saying, but I'm also having a vision of something. It's like a conscious dream. I've had more experience with that. However, with NLP in the master practitioner certification program, which I've seen, I've seen people actually get stiff as a board and their body is just like, they might be like 300 pounds and they have just their head on one chair and just their feet on the other chair. And they're just like stiff as a board. I don't know what happens in those situations. That's crazy. It's pretty nuts. Right now that you said that, that, um, have you ever heard of that? It's like a documentary. I just recently kind of grabbed a glimpse of what it was it was a gay porn star who was a he did hypnosis uh-huh. and he started a cult and so he would like hypnotize all the dudes to sleep with him <laughs> and it was like a cult like it's still active and he's from san diego no way yeah i forgot the name and i've been meaning to look at it all i heard was like what it was about and i was like what the fuck i gotta look this up documentaries like that kind of like entice me i want to see like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I thought that hypnosis there has to be an element of desire though with it too. Mm. Like maybe you, it's like they're like, man, I'm with it. <laughs> yeah, I'll just pretend to be under him. <laughs> right. I mean, there is. I know with smoking too. If there, if you do not want to quit smoking at all. Oh, so you saying it's like a like a deep rooted like they don't want to give up smoking. Yeah, if they don't. So it's give not really like all, an addiction. It is an addiction. And there, but there has to be a desire to want to give up smoking. Mm. And if they're fed up of it, even if their body's craving it, if they're just like, I really need to quit, it's you know detrimental to my health. My kids are not liking it, whatever it is. You know, there has to be some element of desire for it to work. Oh. To my understanding, this is what I've been told by different hypnosis hypnotherapists. Oh, because they use it to get them to quit, right? Yeah, to quit drinking and smoking. Yeah, but if there is no desire to quit. Nothing that they can do will change that. Mm. So, mm. 
But now I don't know if you got them high on acid and uh, different things. Yeah. And then you got them like also like then you start to really mess with their mind and stuff. And then hypnosis, like who knows? Not to be a pushback. You know how they're saying like if they don't have the will to want to do it, then they yeah. just no matter what they no matter what the hypnosis does, like it's just not going to work. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of like a, a safety net for the hypnosis? Like, well, you know, like if it doesn't work, can they rely on that to be like, well, you know, it didn't work because, and it's just kind of like a safety net to be like, well, just in case it doesn't work, we have an out. I don't know that. Who knows? I, that's possible. Oh, it's just right now. It's just like, yeah. Cause you're saying like, oh, you know what? If, Cause if they can't, if they don't want to, they're not going to, it's not going to happen. Right. But then it's like, uh, well then that's like a, like a scapegoat. Yeah. Like, well, it, they didn't want to. So no matter what I do, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. Just, that's just what I've heard. So. Yeah. And when you get that, come hypnotize me. Huh? Okay. Yeah. From, somebody else has to be present. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you don't trust. <laughs> right. I don't, I don't want I you getting me signing you over all my shit. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to do that, Jonah. I'm like, <laughs> you wanted to give me all your shoes, yeah, Jonah. Yeah. You know you want to give me all those shoes. <laughs> I'll give you my cats before I give you my... <laughs> That's a good one. We'll try and see if you want to sign over your shoes because I know there's no element of that. Zero. <laughs> Zero desire. Right? <laughs> there's nothing in me that wants to give up my shoes. <laughs> I'm really curious about learning how to help people with phobias. Oh, I have phobias. Yeah. I have a too. healthy fear of uh, deadly snakes. Okay. And sharks. Okay. And the deep blue. Like, if you put me in the middle of the ocean, just kill yeah. me now. <laughs> I don't want to be here. Like, yeah. One time we went That's to reasonable. we went to Hawaii and she likes to snorkel and I had never done it before. So I was like, try it. But I didn't want to go in the ocean. Yeah. Like, the, like middle of the ocean. Uh-huh. So we found like a reef. I don't understand what, what it was. I was just like, it's ocean. I'm terrified of this shit. So we're going swimming and she's going deeper, deeper. And I was just like having like this anxiety, like, oh, fuck. Yeah. So I was like, as long as I can see... That like if I were to go down, like I can touch and be able to come up, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going, I'm getting deeper and deeper on like without realizing it. And I had a GoPro and it slipped off my it broke off my wrist, a little strap. Oh no. So I, you know, go in to see where it is and I yeah. see it, you know, floating down. Yeah. And I just dove in to get it and I took in water and I panicked. So then I came up and I was just like, fuck, I lost my GoPro because I got scared. I was like, I'm drowning. Yeah. <laughs> and then my girl was like, you OK, OK. And I was like, I almost like drowned. Like I thought I was drinking, I was drinking, drinking water. And I was like, because I dropped my GoPro. She's like, no, I saw it and I grabbed it. Oh, she's like so calm. And yeah. I'm like, if I can't once I can't see. Yeah. There's sharks. <laughs> they're gonna eat me. That's hilarious. <laughs> there's sharks. I'm I'm good. One hundred percent. There's sharks in the pool yeah. for me. <laughs> I didn't so like going funny. swimming by myself because there's sharks in the in yeah. the pool. Well. <laughs> yeah, she's always making fun of me because she's like, "Babe, would you do that?" I was like, "No, <laughs> absolutely not." We watch like movies with like ocean involved. I'm like, yeah. "Nope, nope, 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 nope." Couldn't yeah. be me. <laughs> well. Yeah, I mean, that's fair as far as the ocean especially goes. I don't know about the pool. <laughs> that sounded real judgy. Right. <laughs> I mean, we might have to try and do some of that emotional release You're like, that's something here. deeper. Let's do some breath yeah. work with you. <laughs> Did but, your mom um, hit you, Jonah? <laughs> I mean, my fear, yeah. though, is something that's pretty ridiculous, too. And I don't know even what the... F- 
I do the know phobia? what the fear is. The, the phobia. Cockroaches. You have a fear of cockroaches? Oh my God. I My whole body goes into like a Are you serious? <laughs> yes. I've had to like, I've had cockroaches throughout my life in my grandmother's house. They, my, I swear my grandmother and my and cockroaches have a, some kind of relationship going on. Yeah. She they rinsed love them. <laughs> her home yeah. everywhere we moved. And as a kid, I almost ate cockroaches twice in my food. So they make this thing called um, Rajma Chao, which is like red beans and rice, kidney beans. And so I remember in the kidney beans, there was also a little cockroach that looked very similar to that. And after that, I swore I tasted cockroaches in everything I ate as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> and then afterwards, like, and I've had that happen at least three times in my life where I've had cockroach in my food. And then um, as an adult, I've had my last place that I was living in, cockroaches would just come out of nowhere. They'd be like in my medicine cabinet or like, one even fell on my mom from the ceiling in my laundry room and like, Oh, they just like make me cringe. So, but I will still get it together and I will go and like, I don't even want to kill them because when they squish they're that's even just as nasty. The, like the little white substance. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> oh my God. I can't even, but it is like ridiculous. I mean, I will hold, I've caught snakes in my backyard. I will catch spiders. With my hands, even like, but not a cockroach. But not a cockroach. It makes no logical sense. But I am seriously traumatized from cockroaches. <laughs> my girl's terrified of spiders. Okay, she. I'll kill it and I'll just jokingly like, and she'll run to like the other side of the apartment. I'm like, babe, relax. <laughs> well, that's good. You guys bring a balance to each other. Yeah, yeah. She takes care of certain things that of you're the ocean of. side. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Take care of the spiders. Cockroaches. Um, that's that's a that's an interesting one. Ugh. I said in Especially the apartments, the flying ones. Oh my god! In the apartments I grew up, there was like a problem, so they were constantly fumigating. They or they would make us take out everything and put it in the middle, and so they can fumigate. But I remember going to like other kids' apartments, yeah. and like they were just like crawling all over, like nothing. And the parents, mm. people would just walk by, and I was just like, "That's disgusting!" Like oh, <laughs> it was more no. like a like gross. Yeah. Thing for me. And then I remember one time for working, I went to like a house and this lady opened the door and I was just looking down and I saw them crawling on her feet. And she didn't even bother like she was just like, what? That's those are like my cousins. And oh I was my like, God. I'm out of here. <laughs> There's no fucking way. Like it was it's just more of a like a disgust for me than yeah. more of a fear. Yeah. That, I guess that it is a disgust for me too. Yeah, I was like, mm. I don't How are you okay with that? Like, <laughs> I just have my whole body cringes for those. I'm gonna send you one of those big plastic roaches. <laughs> yeah. In the mail, you're gonna be like, "What is Jonas?" Ah! Oh, you're not gonna be happy when I hypnotize your ass. Then, okay? <laughs> I'll make you're you do like some you're stupid You're in the shit. middle of the ocean, Jonah. I'm like, ah! <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm payback's a bitch. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm terrified. Are you gonna stick me in a room with a Christian? I'm like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> you're like hot dog water ah! <laughs> get me out oh of here God. yeah no. <laughs> hematize them you know yeah, right <laughs> bring them back to earth <laughs> i know that's so interesting oh man i'm excited for your journey me too to see what happens me too please document it absolutely yeah yeah it's and crazy. if you fall in love and quit <laughs> That'd well, you said it first on the show. <laughs> we'll see what She's happens. She's gonna be like, "Oh, you know, like, how's your classes going? Classes? No, no, I'm, I'm married." 
Where Getting them bedroom classes. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you know what's funny? I can't even see you like that. Like, I don't even see you as somebody who, if you told me you're a virgin, I'd be like, yeah, I get it. A virgin? Yeah, like if you were like. <laughs> <laughs> the hoochie and you just escaped right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> it's all about balance. Yeah, because you like, like you see now some girls are like more out there. You'd yeah. be like, ah, oh, she's probably about that life. Yeah. You have always been like, I don't even think she has sex. <laughs> It's only in you. <laughs> no, we'll keep that to a different conversation. Yo, like I added to that Tantra book. <laughs> Comments for sure. Right. That's well, easy. I'm all about the energy work and I definitely, I'm a Libra. So if that says oh, anything. When's your birthday? Oh, 14th, October. Oh, 11th. Okay. Uh, I feel like we've had this conversation. Probably, back in huh? The day. Yeah. But yeah. Libras. We yeah, we're, we're ruled by Venus. So it's a very sensual, but it's a sensual oh, yeah. sign. Yeah. But, um, you know, for the, like the conservative side my Indian side, it's like, we don't talk about those things so much. Uh, Actually I do now with friends in India. Oh really? Now the conversations are very liberal out there. So we get into all the details about everything, but normally that I, wasn't a thing though. Yeah. It's not that I'm, I'm not a nun. I just don't <laughs> settle for a relationship with, with just anybody. So what it sounded like you're saying is like, I won't just relationship with somebody, but I'd fuck. Yes. And nowadays, is actually, it more like, like the connection? Yeah. Now the experience, not so much like the potential of a relationship is just like, I'm here in the moment. Yeah. So, so I've been single pretty much for 13 years other than I had two different COVID relationships, which were not really COVID relationships. Yeah, like during COVID time where I was like, maybe I should. Like a COVID buddy? Yeah, not even a COVID buddy. Like I was actually committed to them. One was like a three-month relationship because we were already hooking up and it was like. Might as well, great. Yeah, he already thought we were in a relationship. So I was like, all right, we'll try this out. Worked, lasted for three months. But I do feel like there was some connection. There were still friends. The other one was. uh, My next question was like, did it end bad? No, that one ended well. Oh. Um, It was a weird ending, but it was, it ended well. And then the other one, it was a relationship where I was like, we're hooking up. And it was, that was kind of the last of the casual hookups for me mm. because both of these two relationships turned into a relationship because of me compartmentalizing, thinking this is going to be casual sex. We're just going to having a good time. And then it, that second one ended up being a very traumatic relationship for me. Like, oh, wow. I actually, towards the end of the relationship, and I, the way it started was that we were just hooking up and he was like, you're my girl. And I'm like, no, we're just hooking up. He's like, no, you're my girl. What else are we doing? I'm like, all right, I guess we'll try this out. I maybe I need to get out of my way and just, if he really wants to be in this relationship, maybe I need to give it a shot. Up until that point, it was like, I would go through waves of like casual sex. And then I would have like, and it was always important to me to have a connection with the person in some way. I need mental stimulation. I need some kind of connection that feels deeper than just like just a random dude off the street. Right. But <clears throat> after this last relationship, at, towards the end, I got to the point where like I actually boarded up my windows and doors because he was he'd actually like climb through my window at one point. Oh, he, he got like, crazy, he crazy. Got, he got crazy. Yeah, and, that's crazy. <clears throat> that's scary, actually. Yeah, I boarded up my windows. I had a girlfriend of mine that was doing a session with him and 
Uh, she let me know when he was leaving. Oh, so he that was doing the breathing? She was in a different kind of session with him. Oh, okay. And it was like an eight hour, seven hour session. Oh, wow. And so she let me know when they were finished. And I was at that point during those seven hours, I had everybody, I had all hands on deck, come help me move. And I moved into my new place. And by the time she messaged me, I was like out of there. The oh, house wow, was clean. that's crazy. Yeah. So and, he never knew like where you went after that. Yeah. And because he threatened to kill any man that I was seeing after him. And so I'm like, that <laughs> means any friend of mine, even that I'm hanging yeah. out with, I can't even have guys come hang out as friends. So I moved into my other place. And up until the day that I moved out of that second place, I kept a bat next to my door just in case. I don't know why. Like I knew that he'd already started dating somebody else. And I was like, it's fine. I'm safe now. But my nervous system was still on high alert up yeah. until like a year later, at least. I couldn't even have sex with anybody. I couldn't even think about being in a relationship or even dating casually at all. Yeah. yeah, I just, I felt like all, of, I wasn't even in tune with my own intuition at that point because all my energy was out here creating this protective shield for me. Mm. So I couldn't feel my own essence. I couldn't even feel my own inner guidance because of that. And so <clears throat> it's been a while. And now it's like, I think two years later, I think he's already finished with that last relationship. And luckily he's not come around. He did call me in between, but like, Never to like try and hook up. Did he ever like apologize? Yeah, he's he, we've laughed about how toxic he was and everything. Excuse me, sir. I know. I and that's, I'm. That's I, a one way to deal with it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. And I, I don't know why I didn't keep him blocked. Also, I've I oh. should have him fully blocked. You know, that's also partially on me. <clears throat> but the therapist in me, that's what. That's what triggered the relationship in the first place is I went into therapist mode with him in the beginning. He wanted to help him. I wanted to help him. Like, I mean, he gave me, he told me his deepest, darkest secrets. And at that point I felt like it was kind of hard for me to just leave. Mm. I, I feel like, uh, not saying he did, but I feel like people like that use that as a weapon. Yeah. And I realized from that, I learned a lot from that relationship. I really grew a lot from the relationship too. And, um, I know for sure. I do not go into breath work with any person that I'm dating. I will oh. not. I will not be their therapist. You need to find your own. Like I will not be that person. That's smart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I need to be able to separate from that. You know, oh, I need yeah. to know that, like, if I, if I have something coming up that is not fitting your needs, or maybe I'm, maybe if I make a choice to leave, I'm catering to your abandonment issues, and that's not my issue to deal with. I'm going to, I'm going to be a therapist for other people. I'm not your therapist. You can find your own. Hmm. So I have to set boundaries. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, that's a boundary right there for sure. Yeah. That's a big one too. Yeah. Because it's in like, almost like our nature to be like their, yeah. you know, like their go-to. Right. Like I'm here for you. Like, but yeah, you're right. Like they should be able to figure out their, you know, not burdening you with their, their problems and stuff. And of course, once I'm in a long-term relationship, it's going to happen and we're going to be there for each other. I'm not, I'm not going to shut that down. At the same time, I can't, <clears throat> I can't go through the therapy type of practices that I'd go through with my partner as I would with my, my clients. That's yeah. something that they need to figure out. I can give them suggestions. I can say, here, you can give this to your therapist and you can see if they can work on this with you. I know it helps my clients, but I'm not going to. It's like bringing your, your work home. <clears throat> yeah. And then it just complicates the whole dynamic. It almost gives you like, well, I don't know. Some, you know, like when, when you, like your worst enemy is the one that knows the most about you. Yeah. 
You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's also that. Right. Like your strongest, I'm sorry, it's your strongest enemy is the one that's, that knows the most about you. Mm. Those are, you know, and you know how like friends become enemies and yeah. stuff. And like the worst ones are the ones because you trusted them. Right. And they know so much about you. Right. They know and your that, weaknesses and where to, where to strike. And yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing that I, I think I always respected though. I, that's kind of like the therapist in me that I never, no matter what he did, I didn't, I never, I didn't even voice it out loud about the crazy things he did. Now that he's kind of out of my life, it's one thing about my personal experience, but I'll never talk about his dirty secrets, you know? Oh yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And and yeah. And my experience was a huge learning lesson for me. And it, it's actually, it catapulted me into the level of work that I'm doing now because he started his business and he was making like at least $50,000 a month. I am. Only fans. Right. Um, his new girlfriend actually did was a part of only fans. No shit. <laughs> yeah. Although he's very free spirited himself. Oh yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Cause that's another, uh, you know, interesting thing. Like guys who not allow it, but are okay. Yeah. Have like no issue with that. Yeah. 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 Oh no. He was very liberal with those kind of things. Oh, okay. But yeah. Almost too much. Like, yeah, 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 right. Yeah. Next is like cuck. <laughs> you yeah. Know, like, oh no, he was probably at that level too. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, was I saying though? <laughs> all distracted. <clears throat> that he making good money. Does oh yeah, so he was making at least fifty grand a month, and I realized, and he started his business out of prison with no, nothing to work with. And if I was like, if he can do that, then why am I limiting myself? Yeah. Like where similar fields, absolutely different. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Although I got I got my degree in a similar field. Oh, interior design, but like, um, yeah. I seen you have a degree in interior design. I do. <laughs> I know that should make sense though, because I remember that apartment you had him in, uh, by the by the beach. Uh-huh. It was very like feng shui. It was like very <laughs> <laughs> welcoming. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love to decorate. That's the first thing I want to do as soon as I get moving somewhere. I'm like, let's put the pictures up, the paintings up, and everything. Like it's yeah. all about the ambiance. Yeah, right. You want to feel comfortable. Yeah. And you know what's crazy? Like uh, people, when they come in, they're like, this is a nice setup. Like well, very relaxing. It's, it's the Libra in us. Yeah. We like beautiful spaces. We love beautiful things. The aesthetics. And yeah, shit. exactly. Yeah. We take, t- yeah. The vibe. The vibe, yeah. That's yeah. very important. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mindy, I won't keep you too long. To school night. <laughs> I do thank you for coming out. It was honestly like a pleasure to see you again. It's been forever. Thank you. Yeah. This is such a joy. And, and we've never had surprise. this kind of conversation either. So Right like a deeper yeah <laughs> other than the surface shit you know like how you been good yeah How's work whatever you know right i'm all for this although yeah. i gotta say we did get pretty deep about your relationship when you guys first started oh yeah 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 that i will never forget yeah like, i remember the, that yeah. i think we had just started like you're telling me about how you're gonna like what your plans were and how you're gonna like you know plan this picnic and everything oh my god <laughs> You show me pictures afterwards. We just so cute. Just the other day, I was going through my phone, through my pictures. Yeah. And I was like, babe, remember this? And she's like, oh my God. It was so precious. And I was so happy when you That's how I up. knew she was special. I would have never done that for anybody else. Yeah. Like any of the other women I've, you know, dealt with or whatever was not in me to do anything like that. I remember that. Yeah. That's what? crazy. What? <laughs> I remember you saying that. Yeah. You're like, she's 
the ones that I'm like, no, no, I was fighting it. No. <laughs> I don't believe in love. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. That's insane. That's cool. That was a long time ago. Right. Sure we're almost at nine years. Wow. That's yeah. crazy. It's pretty much the whole, almost, almost the whole amount of time that I've been on the surrender experiment. Eight years. Oh, wow. So it was like a year later, I got into this field. That's crazy. I did want to ask you something. Yeah. Um, your Costco experience, mm -hmm. being a, an employee for Costco. Because, you know, from when where we were, it was just kind of like on the outside. Mm -hmm. But we saw like all the toxic shit. Yeah. Was it bad for you being there? It was hard. I remember there was rumors about you. What were the rumors? That you slept to be. Oh, yeah. That you slept with management to be yeah. a supervisor. That part. And they ran with that shit. And I was just like. Yeah. I don't think so. Remember, like I was saying, I was like, she's probably a virgin, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, and that was a familiar storyline. Like I told you about in India. When you were younger, yeah. Yeah, and that, that was like, I was assumed to be a slut because I was half American. And now again, it's just like, I felt like I was in the same scenario all over again. And this time I just like rolled off my back. I'm like, you know what, whatever. Like, it doesn't matter. I would actually keep the distance, especially, like I would not. You know, I was always very friendly with everybody and very like talkative with people and with him specifically with the man with the I, I think what role. didn't help was that he had that reputation. Yeah, he had that reputation. That's probably what didn't help. So yeah, it, it made would, it all believable. Like, well, right. of course, like yeah. that's his M.O. Like, So I really kept my distance and I really didn't have any small talk with him. It was just straight to the point And then out of, like I wouldn't really talk to him much. Um, so none of that really got to me because I'm just like, I know who I am and I'm not that kind of person. But the part that was more hard for me, because that, yeah, I felt like I, that was just, I feel like life brings in similar stories and similar experiences through different people or characters in your life to help you overcome certain challenges. It's like, mm. it, it just repeats with a different. And so this was like my opportunity to face that and just be like, nah, it doesn't bother me. I'm not going to let this get to me because it's not, I know, I know my truth and I didn't, I came to the top. I came into my position based off of my work ethic and not had nothing to do with any kind of interaction between him and I, other than him inviting me to work for Costco. Um, the part that was hard for me working there was my own fault of being a yes person and mm. constantly like, do you want to do interviews? Yes. Do you want to run the front end? Yes. Do you want to do the, um, you know, whatever programs they were doing? Yes. And so by the end of it, I'm running like five different programs and assisting with all the other regular duties while everybody else is kind of sitting there twiddling their thumbs and not, you know, just kind of doing the basics. It was just too much. And it's not, it wasn't their fault, but I also just need some room to be able to be creative, to be able to do things the way I want to do things at times instead of living by like a certain set structure. So that's the part that I really didn't like. I recognize a lot of the other overwhelm was because of me though. Oh, so it was more of just, I, I just needed to be free. I really could not yeah, live you in can't, that structure. You can't be, and be free spirited. No, shit. you have to follow the guidelines to yeah. the T. You know, I was my unhappiest working in that building. Yeah. Not because of the building, but because of the job I had. Yeah. I hated that shit. Yeah. Like I would like, really have issues because i was working there yeah 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 I was once i left too. i was like <sighs> right it was like a huge relief i was like thank god that's how i felt too yeah it's interesting crazy. i will feel that experience in different settings where it's like it starts to feel suffocating i start to notice my emotions are just i'm dreading showing up the minute i decide to take the leap of faith and say okay what am i afraid of like it can't be any worse than this i will figure it out and i've learned to really lean into the fact that I will always figure it out now. 
So I don't let fear lead me anymore. Uh, whereas before it did. And I've noticed a lot of people that were working in Costco, they were being led by fear that what is going to happen beyond this? If I give up these benefits, if I give up this opportunity, I don't know what life, like how life will work out outside of this. But somehow or another, new doors start to open when you close one door. You just have to keep your eyes open to it. If you're constantly like tunnel vision, focusing on one thing, and this is the only way to do it, then you're not going to see the other opportunities. But if you actually just kind of step back, and this is this is literally the way the sympathetic nervous system works. When you're in fight, flight, or freeze, you are in this tunnel vision. You're constantly looking at only this one perspective. When you go into the parasympathetic nervous system, your vision broadens and you can see all the different and that's coming from a place of peace and calm and trust. And so when you're in that mindset, you start to you start to see all the opportunities that are in front of you. Just like you also start to see everything that's around you in your space as well. Cuz you don't need to escape the predator. You can just be. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> Learn something new every day. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's super interesting and I'm glad we had this conversation. Yeah. I'm glad you likewise. came through. Yeah, you know. likewise. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. I don't know what I got to tell everybody. I was like, I never know what type of conversation I'm going to have. Yeah. Like I just go into it and be like, well, we'll just see. Yeah. I'm kind of like in that submissive ex- experiment uh-huh. but with my conversations. Like, surrender experiment. Oh, surrender. I'm sorry. <laughs> what I said. Uh, submissive. Submissive. Damn. <laughs> I need a safety word. Right. Um, <laughs> my surrender. I just come like, well, we'll see. Yeah. And so I never know. So it was actually a pleasure. I don't know if you were, you were expecting or. I had no idea what to expect, but I just love riffing like this too. We're yeah. just kind of, it's just a conversation. So yeah. this is great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you again. Uh, is there like an Instagram people can re- see your stuff? Um, maybe they want to check out your classes before you leave or yeah. do you do private sessions? So I am based out of San Diego and I do workshops uh, in San Diego. I also do online classes, um, private sessions. I do in-person sessions. I did say I'm in San Diego, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I do in-person sessions and I usually the packages end up working the best because, you know, you get to kind of chip away at something that's pretty ingrained in the person. So I usually say at least start with a five package deal. Um, beyond that though, I will be going to India and I'll be starting in Delhi, going to Mumbai, uh, but I'm traveling around. So wherever the opportunities present itself, if you guys want to do, you know, a group workshop and you have enough people, if it if it makes sense for me to fly out to you, I'm all for it. Oh, that's interesting. So, like it. yeah, I'm just going with the flow. <laughs> <laughs> Has anybody asked for like a private uh, private uh, session? Private sessions all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do that uh, a lot. Are you ever like? Um. So, yes, if somebody reaches out to me on Instagram and like asks me to come to their house. I don't do that. Oh. If I don't know you through somebody else, I won't do that. We'll I'll find a place that I can like rent a space or you come to me, but I won't do it in a random person's house. Smart. And I definitely need a down, like a, um, a deposit. A deposit. Yeah. So I, regardless, I ask for a deposit though. That's cool. But yeah, online sessions are great. It's just, you're not getting the hands-on experience. Like I do healing work on the person. I, I'll serve Rub their hair. And yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'll shake their body. I'll do different things that kind of help the energy move. Yeah. Uh, which you don't really get through online sessions, but they're always available though. Oh, well, uh, I wish you the best in your journey. Thank you. Please stay safe. 
Yes. You know, keep Always. that keep that wall up still. You know, those boundaries. Yeah. Oh, boundary <laughs> setting back has close become to the, strong. Keep the back close to the door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you never know. There's some weirdos out here. So right. Um, thank you again. Gavindio's absolute pleasure. Thank you. I hope you guys enjoy it. I know it's way different than what you're used to, but it can't always be, you know, silly shit. So, <laughs> and I just want to say, as far as who's used to what, the kind of people that I work with are so wide and vast that it's like I've worked with uh, ex convicts, I've worked with human trafficking survivors, I've worked with CEOs, I've worked with mom mothers coming out of narcissistic relationships. I've worked with the average, like I've, I've worked with teenagers even like it's just such a broad range. So it's not one type of person that has a serious trauma or somebody that is like of a certain demographic or gender. Everybody can benefit from this. So there you go. Yeah. It up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then my Instagram is Govindi, G-O-V-I-N-D-I. You can find me there. You can look up my website, govindijaneja.com. That's G-O-V-I-N-D-I-J-U-N-E-J-A.com. The bottom of the screen right here. And you'll see it down the bottom. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Govindi, again. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Until next time. Peace. Peace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You looking for me, you can find me at the spot. Chopping it up with Jonah. We talking about what's hot on the block. Up in Dago, man, we bumping. Uh, keeping it confidential. You know this how we coming. We front. Uh, looking for that real. Better tune in and stick by. Put on for the city every time that I dip by. Uh, getting to that greedy every time that we sit down. Promise you it's real every time that I get round. Come on. <laughs> Been in the field playing, we working.